least like take a drink right before I went on. Yeah, no, I work at a call center, so like I'm fine. I filled this thing probably four or five times. Yeah, I used to do that too. It's funny, what you said something that really stuck out to me earlier and was really interesting to me was that you moved specifically to Colorado Springs because of its wrestling culture. Because, yeah, because of my feeling for the senior. What was it that stood out that would make you choose here rather than somewhere else? Because you seem really excited about it. Uh, you know, I just, like, it just seems like a young budding scene. Like, it's just a feeling I got about it. I've wrestled a lot of different places, but... Uh, some of the some of the guys, people wrestling, you know, some of the wrestlers around here, but more than anything, just there's so much untapped potential. I think out, I think out here, and there are so many people that want to come here, and they're always, it's always been that way. Denver, like the, the the Rocky Mountains, have always been a sought after destination. But I think with the advent of like the marijuana movement and all that, yeah. now. And now, like, Denver has, like, legalized fucking mushrooms and shit. And a lot of those types of people that engage in those activities are also wrestling fans. Agreed. You know? So this becomes more of a des- sought-after destination for people to come based on that. Well, they need things to do when they're here. Yeah. Why yeah. not fucking wrestling? Wrestling right now is probably a, it's all-time high as far as popularity and, like, acceptance in American culture. Like, when I started watching wrestling, like, I wasn't embarrassed to be a wrestling fan, but I didn't, like, volunteer it to yeah. everybody. Oh, yeah. Like, I wore my fucking Hulk Hogan t-shirts and shit. Right. But, like, if somebody was, like, wrestling's fake, I wasn't going to stand up and fucking argue with them. Yeah, because it doesn't matter. They just don't No, care. like, because I didn't quite understand yet. Like, I... I knew it wasn't completely legit, but I knew it wasn't fake either. Did and you, I, I didn't know how to make that argument even. Did you care when you, when you realized what kayfabe was? Or did it, did it not affect you at all? Because I didn't give um, a shit. I was like, oh yeah, probably. No big deal. It did because, like at first it did because like when I was first brought in, I was brought in by Ken Patera. So that's the guy that originally portrayed me. Ken Patera was an Olympic strongman. Uh, he's Olympian. He was old school wrestler. He worked for Vince McMahon Sr. He was one of Vince McMahon's top heels when he worked for him. So I was brought in very old school. And kayfabe, even though like the secret was already out, like it was still very important. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but like I think nowadays, I think it's dead to a large degree. Um I think that it's becoming it, – it became an amorphous thing rather than just – it's no longer kayfabe is just this. It's become something different now. Like, for example, uh, being the elite. Um, are they really kayfabe in that or are they not? Half of it's shoot, half of it's not. And it's a lot of fun seeing in between that sort of well, thing. Well, that, that, that actually is I think what kayfabe has become is, is mm-hmm. what is it? Is it real or not? Yeah. Like, is, what, it, what is the truth? You yeah. know? Because you're watching Being Elite, and you're, all of a sudden Juice Robinson's there, and then Joey, Joey Ryan's there. Like, these guys work for eight different places. Like, right. like, what's going on? This is interesting. And it's become that. Like, for when Ronda Rousey started shitting on the WWE um, on, on Twitter, apparently against everyone's wishes. No, they totally made her do that. It made her look like before that show, it made her look like she truly hated wrestling, and it made you hate her. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> they kind of got me at first with yeah. that, too. And then I was like, wait a minute, like... Well, and then it was, you know, I was like, wait a minute, like, 
They aren't making any sort of disciplinary actions yeah. towards her for that. And, and yeah, she's Ronda Rousey and she's a huge draw for them. But <laughs> there's always some, it doesn't matter how big you are, there's always somebody that can replace you. Yeah. You know, especially if you're, if you're costing money, if you're costing the business money, they're going to replace you. How does, how does that, because my podcast is, I've got actually downloaders in like, I think I saw one in Germany. Like it's been a lot of, a lot of fun watching people pop up on like SoundCloud and oh, they downloaded from this place. How do they find you? Uh, I, I actually have Facebook. That's my main, like the most active thing I have going right now. And that's uh, Animal Sam, the madman from the Badlands. Yeah. Cause I've just been calling you Sam. Yeah. Well, that's my name. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just want to how everyone else can find you. Yeah, Animal Sam, uh, the madman from the Badlands. There's only one madman from the Badlands that I know of, and I'm him. Uh, I, I've seen you wrestle a few times, and I remember I was with my friend. I'm like, who's that D. Snyder motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> and my buddy Cody's like, dude, he's fucking doing a kick-ass job. And like, because you, you were taking bumps on that concrete like it was nothing. Right. And uh, at the same time, you had uh, people in the audience – uh, completely engaging with you during the, the match. Like, you had them in the palm of your hands. And that was a lot of fucking fun. Because Cody was just like, yeah, like, no, he's good. And he was like, yeah, but he said, I bet he's pissed that the roof uh, isn't as big as he wants to. Or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, because we could see that we could see that you were just itching for it. Yeah, know? low roofs really limit what, what I like to do or what I'm capable of doing anyways. And I, by the way, thank you. I consider the D. Snyder... Uh, comment a compliment because I'm definitely a huge D. Snyder fan. Nice. Um, you know they filmed Strangeland here in the Springs. Uh, yeah, I do know that. Yeah. Like that's honestly uh, the original take of the Animal Sam character is definitely like Captain Howdy's bastard's illegitimate son. It's beautiful. Like I love it. Uh, no, I grew up like twisted. I, I was I was totally like uh, a new kids on the block kid, and then I heard. Twisted Sister, and I was like, whoa, yeah. what if this is yeah. awesome? Like, yeah. what have I been listening to? <laughs> I love hearing other artists uh, with their aha moments with certain types of art. Like, I was listening to Henry Rollins, and he was like, I was at a party, and someone put on this fucking record, and all we ever listened to was punk rock, and next thing you know, Motorhead. What is this? Right. <laughs> what is this? Tell right. me immediately. I have to have all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's... That's one thing that I, I feel that wrestling fans have when it comes to like when you first discover wrestling or how much fun we've had in the past uh, four or five years really paying attention to New Japan and what's happening in Impact and learning all these new rosters and just having a shitload of fun with it and, and not worrying about uh, the stuff that you'd have to worry about in a big business like WWE. Now, I guess that wasn't really a question, but like what, what was it that, about wrestling that captured you? Like What was the first thing? I don't know. I guess just – I don't really remember anything specific. I just know I, I was young, probably five years old. Uh, just the, I guess the spectacle of it. Uh, I, I actually uh, spent part of my childhood being raised in a cult. And What sort of cult? Uh, a religious cult. Uh, it, not like – not one of the worst cults anyways. Probably not even anything that anyone has ever really heard of. Yeah, it's, um, some uh, people might not even consider it a call, but it was very strict and very uh, unusual beliefs, or, or or I should say, strict or extreme beliefs. I consider like Pentecostals a cult. Uh, it was much more extreme than that, bordering on like you know Amish or 
Oh. Or, you know, I mean, it was, like, women weren't allowed to wear pants or shorts or, you know, they had to wear dresses or skirts and, like, they weren't allowed to cut their hair short or wear makeup or really any jewelry other than, like, a wedding band. Men were supposed to have their hair short and dressed, like, nicely and neat and, like, just very weird and very, very extreme beliefs and hellfire and brimstone kind of thing. But that's actually what, how, uh, the reason I bring that up is we, I grew up uh, in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. And we used to go to, we drove like three hours to Rapid City, South Dakota, at least once a month for communion. Uh, sometimes we'd go a couple times a month, but we'd, we'd sometimes stay in a hotel. And that's actually how I discovered wrestling is when I checked in the hotel, we all got in, in got into the hotel watching tv was actually against our beliefs i would was, assume so but our like uh we were pretty rambunctious kids and i think my dad knew how to pick his battles yeah and we happened to turn on the tv one night when we came to the hotel and wrestling was on um i really can't remember what exact match it was but i do remember seeing hulk hogan and i remember seeing the macho man randy savage and between watching the two of them for the first time i was like this is it. This is what I want to do. That's awesome. And, I mean, I, I entertained doing a lot of other things throughout my entire life, but I always came back to that, you know, when it came time to, like, make a decision what I want to do. I, I've done a lot of different things, but I got into wrestling in 2004, and it's just, I don't think it's something I could ever shake out of my system, to be honest. I'm so glad that I hit the nail on the head with with the strange life. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I, like not to be sound pervy, but I found Strangeland because it was like 12 at night. It's like 1996, and it says all I know is that a movie that says it's got strong sexual content is about in nudity. And I'm like, sweet, let's rev this up. And then I know, like, wait, this is a horror movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next thing I know, I'm thoroughly enjoying the living shit out of that. He filmed here in the Springs. Uh, how have you? developed your character since you moved here because you tell me a little bit of how it started we got a little bit of an origin what your favorite guys were but now that you were in a in, in a territory is that a, i, I, I mean, mean that's, I, I that's like a decent them. term i mean they're I, coming the, back the territories are dead but i mean i i've always kind of considered different areas territories like sure they're not territories like they were back in the territory days yeah but, I mean, how else are you going to refer to them? Like, Minnesota is Minnesota. Colorado is Colorado. You know, uh, down Kentucky is Kentucky. Like, those are different territories, you know. I mean. <laughs> well, now that you got to the place you wanted to go, what did you do? Did you hit the ground running? Did you uh, immediately meet a lot of people that wanted to help you? I, You know, I guess I've, I've gotten some help along the way here and there. But most of what I've done, I've had to do it on my own. Um, uh, like as far as, you know, getting in the business, is, is that what you're asking? How I got in or, or just any, anything that sticks out? Like, I mean, obviously I'd want to know how you got in, but like now that you, you're here, you, you've got that, my wonderlust eyes, you know, you're where you want to be. Uh, what was the first step? What was the, anything that pops out? I just want to know the first thing that pops into your head. As far as being here in this territory? Anything. I just, you know, that. I, I think this territory, I think this area is like prime for, I think it's going to get really hot around here. Why? Uh, I think that there's a really good pool of talent. I think there's a lot of people that want to come here as a destination to visit anyways. I think there's already, I mean, obviously, That's a there's damn good already point. a lot of people who have moved to Colorado over the past, let's say, 10 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. insane amount of people. And uh, 
like people need to be entertained and honestly like for me there's nothing more entertaining than wrestling wrestling gives you a little bit of everything you know Agreed. uh the, Wrestling is a little bit like every other type of entertainment, but there's nothing else that's quite like wrestling. You had a good point that this is a destination spot. It's not just a place to go wrestle. It's not bumfuckville nowhere, right. uh, Nebraska. It's Colorado Springs. You can smoke weed here. You can go to Denver. This is like everyone comes to fucking like everyone wants to come here. Right. Yeah. Anytime I work at a call center and they're like, "Where do you live?" and I'm like, "I live in Colorado." And they're like, "Oh wow, that must be nice." Yeah. And like it's always so. Yeah, they want to come here to work with you guys. How have the out-of-state guys been with y'all? Uh, the, all of the out-of-state guys I've dealt with have been fine. I mean, I'm technically, I'm an out-of-state guy myself. So, mm-hmm. But, like, I was met here, I feel, with very good reception. Uh, you know, like, all the guys that I've wrestled, that I've worked with around here, both worked for or worked with in the ring, like, they've all been, they've all been receptive. They've all uh, appreciated the fact that I've wanted to bring my talents here. Uh, and I... I feel like, for the most part, it is very accepting here right now. Um, you know, it's it's starting to get competitive, and it's going to, and that's good. Competition is good. It's always good. There's never... Competition is what makes things amazing. Right. You know, and there's definitely some, there's definitely some competition around here, and good. that's great. You know, I mean, that elevates everybody. I've had a lot of great dealings with a lot of people here. Uh, when, it, when I think about out-of-town guys, the, the Albuquerque guys stick out to me. Because those guys, man, they were hungry. They came out here ready to shine. And they also, like, as someone that's trying to be hyper-aware of the situation, it didn't look like they pissed anyone off and, like, someone didn't get their shit in because these guys were here. Everyone looked really happy to be working with each other. And I think everyone did get their shit in uh, when I've seen that before. Um, what are you concerned about when you're in the ring other than, obviously, your safety or what what – Story. What are you looking for? Uh, I guess I, safety is always a concern, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. Although I don't think I don't think about safety at all when I'm out there, and I really don't think about it at all until after everything's said and done. I probably sh- I probably should be more conscious of safety myself. But I mostly when I go out uh, to wrestle, I mostly think about how I can stay ahead of my opponent and how I can draw the crowd into the match, how I can give them something that they're going to want to come back. And, and see more of. What are your favorite fans uh, to interact with? Like the, the kids, the guys that hate the heel, the guys that love the good guy? All of them. Yeah. The ones that make noise. The ones that make noise. I don't care if you like me or you hate me. That's a good you way know? to think about it. And if, you, and if you're not making noise, I'll find a way to get you to do it. How hyper aware are you of the, the noise that's going on? Like, are, like, do you immediately acclimate to the, to the room? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I listen to the fans all the time. I can't help but hear the fans all the time. uh, I like. I don't know how to say it other than uh, when when I'm when I'm wrestling. Sometimes I feel like the fans are telling me what to do, and not that they're like yelling out moves, but they're either cheering or booing. And based on their based on how they're reacting, like I feel like they're telling me what I need to do next. Right. You know, and it seems like I'm very rarely wrong when I listen. Um. Puts it in perspective when uh, Stone Cold will talk about wrestling in Japan, like in Tokyo Dome. The way the sound travels in the room, um, a lot of those places, they can't hear any of that's going on. And it fucks with them, like story-wise. All of a sudden, they start questioning themselves. You know that if you're thinking, you're stinking. Yeah. And uh, it because they're so quiet also. In, and that's a good way to think about it. Uh, 
you like the people that make noise. Now, you said that, so obviously that means that you don't care whether they're booing you or cheering for you. Do you consider yourself a heel or a face? Both. The good, good, solid tweener? I, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like I am Animal Sam, the madman from the Badlands. And I feel like I stand for what I stand for. And you can like me or you can hate me. You can identify with who and what I am. Or you can despise me for it. Is there anyone, you, any, anything you prefer? Or are you solid tweener? It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're smart, you're going to like me. Right. You know, but I can't help if you're inbred or something. Like, that's not, that, you don't have to talk to your mom and her brother about that. Who are some of the guys in, like, the, the higher up indie scene that you would think that the smart people are into? How do you mean? Like, uh, like not quite WWE or NXT, but, you know. We're talking when when you say like top tier indie guys. Yeah, like, top tier indie locally guys. or ring like, ring nation, nationwide. Nationwide. Uh, I mean, you know, like all those guys in AEW are pretty top tier as far as I'm concerned. I mean, a lot of them. I don't know if you'd even. I mean, I guess technically they're indie guys, but I don't. Are they? Are they indie guys? I mean, are those guys under contract? I guess I'm not even sure if they are. Some of them they haven't really announced fully all that sort of thing. Right. But uh, my my what I'm really gearing towards that is that it, there's a, an intelligence that comes into this now. It's not just like I like the big guy to to you know break the the little guy. Some of these guys, if if you're consider yourself a, a, a really hardcore wrestling fan, you would be stupid not to like these guys. Uh, right. In, in in they especially if you know their their backstory, how they're helping other people out. Um, you know, behind the scenes, who they want to work with, how they put people over. Um, that's, that's a really good thing to, that, how I wouldn't like that, but it's the, the backbone for a lot of things. I guess I'm getting just excited when it comes to talking about wrestling at all, because we, we can keep going in every different direction. Uh, I don't want to take too much away from when it comes to your, your time to shine, as opposed to like, yeah, everyone knows you should like Joey Ryan. But what is it about, well, you, you know, I, I, I I don't really I'm not crazy about it. Okay. Like I think he's a good wrestler, mm-hmm. and I I think his his spot I, I'm good for him. But personally, I don't like it. What else don't you like? I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, you know, maybe I maybe I just don't like it because it's not my idea too. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not too big to admit that maybe I'm just, maybe I am. Maybe it's, you know, he came up with this stupid spot and we all, I mean, that is way over. And like, like I said, he's a good wrestler without it. Yeah. There's as a writer, there's been some times where you like, someone wrote something like, damn it. Why didn't I think about that? Like, right. No, but that, I like that sort of humility deal though. You know, but like, it's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so old. <laughs> yeah, it's so and it, bad. it's really yeah. hard to not like hate it. <laughs> but you know, like I said, maybe maybe I'm just jealous. Maybe maybe I'm just jealous that I didn't think of it because it's so stupid. Actually, though, I have to say I have to give credit to somebody, um, Danny Duggan, Danny Warren, my friend Danny Duggan from Canada. I believe he actually did that spot in Japan a couple years before Joey Ryan did it. Really? I want to say like Smash Wrestling or something like that in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Danny Duggan, if you're listening to this, like uh, I'll make sure that I tag you in this video so you hear it, motherfucker. I'm putting your name out there. No, that's what I like about this. But that, that's actually a guy too, I would say, that is that, that like 
I have a lot of respect for as far as indie wrestling. The guy's been running, he's been doing shows in Canada for like, I think over 10 years now. And like all over Canada, he wrestles all over America. He, he, he's one of the busiest indie wrestlers I know. He's one of my favorite people I've ever been in the ring with. He's a solid performer. Who are some of the other people that you've like, had just a great time working with? Big Guns Justin Andrews. Why? Uh, God, he's just a solid performer and just a tough SOB. Just, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a fighter. You know, like, I'm not the biggest guy out there, but I, I mean, I, I've gotten knocked around my whole life. Like, I'm, I'm a, I like to fight, I like to get hit, and I like to hit people. Big Guns brings the heat. Like, I, I love it. You know, I mean, he, I've, I'm yet to defeat him, but he knows that I can. He knows next time he gets in the ring with me, it's definitely going to happen. What are some things about him that you'd want people to know about him that only a wrestler would understand? Like... Like, you're talking about how good of a performer he is, but what about, like, when you guys are, like, in the ring together? Like, how well is he taking care of you? Uh, like, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's very good as far as that goes. He's uh, he's very professional, very professional performer. Both of the guys, both him and Danny Duggan. It's funny, actually, that I'm talking about both of them because that's actually one of my indie dream matches is to see Danny Duggan and Big Guns Justin Andrews wrestle. That would bring the house down in any arena, any indie show, anywhere. Like, that's a match that needs to happen. He definitely stands out, uh, Big Guns, as the one guy, the, the pony you put he, your money on. He's kinda, he is kind of Mr. Colorado Wrestling. I mean, I know there's that's an argument up for debate, and, like, a lot of people say that you shouldn't even call somebody that. Maybe you shouldn't. Like, I won't, I'm not going to argue that. But as far as I'm concerned... Uh, from what I've seen in my short time here in Colorado, he's probably the most universally liked and respected wrestler in Colorado. Um, he did something that nobody else has been able to do. He, you know, unified, I believe, every American title belt in the state of Colorado. It'll probably never be done again. He, he, he earned it. You know, the guy is, he's a beast. And he's a great ambassador for our sport as well. How do you see yourself within the, the, the current wrestling scene? Uh, I think I'm an old dog who's trying to make his uh, name in a, in a new area. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 41. You're 41? Uh, Diamond Dallas Page didn't start wrestling until he was 36. Yeah, he did a lot of things before he started wrestling. Though, yeah, but, but he also... <laughs> He, he uh, just like you, ran ran well, horse. you know, I'm not, I haven't given up either. You know, uh, I still have a few miles in my tank, I think. Uh, we'll see how many. This, la this past year has been a very active year for me. It's been one of the most active years. It's been the most active year I've had in, you know, since probably the first five years of my career. How often do you train? Uh, I train three, four times a week. Really? Yeah. Not just once or twice? No. Is it? Or you do it's not work? always in the ring, but yeah, I train three or four times a week. Now, does training include your regular cardio, just making sure you're lifting right, or you're talking about actually locking up and, uh, and taking bumps? I mean, it's it's doing something. It's being active, you know, at least four times a day, getting a good sweat on, getting myself to exhaustion. You seem pretty uh, damn proud about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm an old man. I'm fucking, I'm still doing it. I'm, I'm an old man in a young man's in a young man's world, and uh, and uh, and I'm keeping up. At least for now. 
<laughs> Would you believe I'm 37? No, you know, I think we talked about that before, but no, I mean, uh, at first, I, I, I don't think I would, no. No, yeah, uh, I was, I'll talk about, like, Michael Jackson, Phil, I'm like, how the fuck do you know that? And I, like, for me, too, I can't even say that I've been very kind to myself. I've been pretty hard on my body, I mean, both in the ring, and, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I like to party, I like to drink, I, you know. I've had my issues, I've had my issues, and I, I, I read you a lot of clear, I, I, you look like someone that is active. It, I ran a bar for two years, and I like—I think I drank myself out of that bar. I'm surprised I even survived that. <laughs> it, it, it's funny. The actual, from everything I've gathered, uh, when it comes to reaching peak successes, every single person that's gotten to that point will say, "Stop drinking." Yeah. Nothing else. Don't do anything. Just focus on your work, and yeah. it really, really shows. But then again, ain't nothing wrong with having to drink every now and then. And I'm just, it, it makes me proud to be part of this scene at the moment. I just fucking got here, man. Y'all don't know me from Adam. Me too, from, actually. From I, mean, Adam. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I came into the scene just a little bit over a year ago, you know. And I, I mean, I, I started by, uh, I mean, I, I started coming down here for, to get dental work done. Uh, my, I have a cousin who works at a dentist's office in Littleton, Colorado. And mm-hmm. started coming down for that. And, uh, I closed my bar down and I, I thought about getting back into wrestling because I'd kind of taken a couple years off and I actually got a hold of Joe at Primo's Wrestling and he told me, yeah, man, you know, come on in. I got a spot for you. Wonderful. And for about a year, I, I went there every month and, and wrestled for him and he, you- he gave my career, a, 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 you know, it's, it's surviving breath, you know, and it's for me in Colorado, like it's my career. I, I feel like... Uh, my career has done better since I've been here than, than my, the entire rest of my career has been. How did, how did the guys at Primo's make the decision to book you? Did they have a, did you send them a tape? Did you send them a good video? Well, they, they'd seen me work before and I actually had worked on a show with them a few years prior. I think it was something they had done with, uh, Hugo's Lucha Libra at a club called Fuego, Club Fuego Fuego in Denver. And, uh, so, I mean, they were familiar with my work. They're familiar with the people who, who trained me. I was, uh, I mean, one of my trainers was Eric the Anarchist Cannon. And that goes a long way. So, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, I mean, as long as, long as you know, Eric isn't going to dog on you, like, you're, you're going to get booked pretty much anywhere. That's awesome. And I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I'm his best student or whatever, but I, I feel like I'm one of his better ones, I hope. I'm one of the few that are still, that he trained back in that time that's still wrestling. And I was one of the older guys then, so... I didn't, I didn't break it. I didn't start. I didn't uh, have my debut match until like about two weeks before my 25th birthday. Nice. So, How do you feel uh, about more interaction between the territories within Colorado? Um, do, you, do you like it being Springs, Denver, or would you rather like to see more, more working? To I'd love to see it cohesive. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's 100% possible or not. I, I, I wish it could be. I mean, like, it's maybe not three it hours be. away. It's like, but I don't see why it shouldn't be or couldn't be. Like, uh, the stronger, you know, the stronger your brotherhood is, the stronger your scene's going to be. Agreed. And coming from a music background and working in bars and being in different bands, uh, you are only as strong as your scene. Absolutely. You're only as strong as your scene. So uh, you can be, sometimes you'll be able to make it out. But even then, like, you know, I, I like seeing people work together. That's, I guess that's my point there. Because um, I've had uh, people from New Era 
uh, and uh, CSW on my show, and everyone seems to be so they, – they talk about other people in the other crowds, like just like, man, like – uh, Malice was like, man, I want to, I want to, I want Colt. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. I, I want that dude. I, he's, and then he was, he was telling me like, how does Malice know me? I've never, like, really? Right. That, that, that's awesome. Right. And like, it, in, uh, it, it made him happy about that. So and I'm like, hey. You're talking about Damon Ace, right? Yeah, talking about Damon Ace. And his excitement for that. And like, who should I, who would you put over? Because uh, we've got uh, Malice put. Uh, Damon Ace over. Right. Who should I? Who should you put over? And he's like Lilith Grimm. Uh, she's one of the best workers in in the, when it comes to. She's very very new, but they train together at the same wrestling academy, so he sees what she's capable of. And then sure shit, like she was. It just keeps going greater and greater. And who would you want to put over? Man, I mean, if I'm gonna like, there's a lot of there's a lot of people I put over in this area. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to lie, like, I, I, I'll always come back to this, too, because he's one of the reasons that I came here, is Eric fucking Angel. Yeah. Eric Angel, like, uh, I've, I've gotten the opportunity to wrestle him once. I was fortunate enough to come out with the victory. Right. Um, I'd love to wrestle him again. <laughs> Hell, oh, man. I mean... Uh, unofficially, that's Mr. Colorado Wrestling. Okay. And don't take that don't don't let that go to your head, Eric, because I'm going to take that title away from you. Is, but even though I'm not a Colorado guy, but is there no, anyone in, is there anyone in New Era that you'd want to New Era? Wrestle? Yeah, I mean, well, Eric wrestles there. Uh, Eric Angel wrestles in New Era. There's a lot of guys in New Era that are a lot of young guys that show a lot of promise. I just last month I wrestled Balaam Links. He's got. He's gonna. He shows a lot of promise. You know, it's funny you uh, say that. AJ too. Holiday, I wrestled him. He's he's pretty good. He's he's uh, he 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 could turn out to be a really good wrestler. Balaam Links was on my show two two shows ago. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's got he's got a lot coming up. Yeah. Yeah. He he could do well. That's for sure. Um, I mean, there that that's a pretty stacked roster in New Era. I got. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I mean. CSW has a really good roster too, but New Era's got, I mean, boy, uh, that title, I, that title is in, in hot demand. That's for sure. Uh, there's so many guys there. I don't think there's a guy on that roster that I wouldn't just love to lock horns with, you know, uh, I, I always like a good challenge, whether, you know, it's a young guy or an old vet, uh, cause Every every person you get in the ring with presents a, a new opportunity or a new challenge, and there wasn't a single guy on that roster that I want to want to get in with. Um, I'd like to do some tagging with Jason. I think him and I could be a pretty good tag team. That guy is technical as shit. He's yeah, every time I've seen him wrestle, man, he it, it, he knows what he's doing. Like yeah. like the way you described Bret Hart knowing what he's doing. His technical priority was amazing, yeah. and the way he helps put other people over and being such a, a, a heel sometimes. But still shining everyone up, and, and some people might hate me about this, but like the Miz, yeah, the Miz, even if he's b- trying to bury you on screen, he's only making people. Yeah, like yeah, him. he's elevating. Yeah, he's only another guy him. too. Is Tony Morales like that guy? He, I mean, I know he's known now more for being a tag team specialist, but that guy, he's he's definitely one of the top wrestlers in this state. Like the guy. 
is incredible and his ring knowledge and presence is unparalleled like you better pack a lunch if you're going to get in the ring with Tony Morales and I think nice I mean you know Vanity Inc is is a tough enough tag team but I think Tony if, if Tony decided to go singles I think that there'd be a lot of I think there'd be a lot of titles around his waist I'm just saying now obviously other than just the main championship uh Everyone wants that. Is there any belt that you have your eyes on at the moment? Something that you'd like around your waist? I'm not going to lie. I, I like the belts because of the money. Nice. Um, if I'm getting, you know, if, if you want to pay me like you're paying the champ, I'll leave your champ alone. But if the <laughs> champ is where the big payout's at, I'm going for it. Right on. So I want all of them. And I'm not going to lie. They're... It's not currently happening, but there have been times in the past where I was paid as well or maybe even better than the champ to leave the champ alone. Yes. And, you know, I'm, I'm not above that. Like, yeah, I like titles, but titles don't pay bills all the time. Yeah, but Paychecks a, do. Yeah, that's a good point. And you don't always need a belt to be over and get paid that much. No. Because sometimes you're just that over. It doesn't no, matter. Some, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like... And I hate – I don't mean at all to take away from, from the, the championship belt because that is what it is all about. But like I say, if someone's going to pay me as well or better to not have to work as hard as a champion <laughs> to make that payday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take it and not work quite as hard. Because I'll tell you, I don't care what organization you're in. When you're the champ, there is a target on your back. Oh, yeah. And you better – you better be ready. You know, I mean – these guys, these young guys especially, they have training techniques that I can't even fathom trying to accomplish. I couldn't possibly accomplish doing one of their little training exercises. And they're doing that stuff repetitively. You know, I mean, you got to stay on your toes. Right. You, gotta, you know, you, you got you to keep your wits about you and you got to keep your bag of tricks close by. That's for sure. But that's what it's about. It's about stacking that paper. It's about getting over with the fans. It's it's a, about a million different things. So it's hard for uh, an outsider to really understand. Um, you know, they get their feelings hurt. Like, what a minute! He was just doing it for the money. What the hell? Like, dude, you well, still it's not love just the money. But hey, look, you know, like I'll be honest. Like you know, I was saying earlier, this past year, like I've I've had I've been plagued with injuries. Uh, I was training. A few months ago, and I popped my knee and I popped my ankle. Shit. And my ankle and my knee were swollen up for about two weeks. I could barely walk on them. Um, After week one, I had my debut in New Era. Okay. And so my knee and my ankle were still pretty swollen up, still pretty stiff and sore. I worked on it. I hit a drop kick in the match. I came down funny on my on the point of my shoulder. By the next morning, I couldn't move my right arm. Yes. I couldn't raise it up. I couldn't raise it out. I couldn't extend it. Um, I worked on it all week, you know, uh, soaking it in hot water and Epsom salt, taking Tylenol, ibuprofen, massaging it, putting, you know, THC, CBD salve on it, trying to get it loosened up. It, it does. Yeah, it does. If you get If you get the right stuff, it does. I worked on it for a week. I made my day, my return back to Minnesota for uh, for wrestling gone wild out there. Were they happy to see you? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Very well received. I hadn't been back for uh, I don't know, like six, seven years probably. Nice. But came out the top rope with the double axe handle. Hit a guy in the back. My arm folded in on me. Now my left arm, I can't. I couldn't for like now. That's been uh, over a month ago, and I'm just now to where I can get my hand up to my head. You know, I mean injuries. Plagued with injuries, and when you're older, they don't heal as fast. Right. It's tough. And these young guys, <laughs> they heal fast. Yeah, I know they do. They, you they, know? Some people don't realize you got to make sure you don't land the wrong way on your palms. And the, even if they're just, like, fleeing, you can hurt the tips of your fingers. And Honestly, those, <laughs> like, those two injuries on my arms are two things that I've never thought that I'd injure myself doing. I mean... Was there I, I take a lot of risks when I wrestle. I mean, I, I take a lot of serious life-altering and, you know, Why? life-hazardous risks. It just feels good. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I grew up a fan of Cactus Jack, yeah. and honestly, I do. I feel like if I don't take a certain number of risks in a match, if, 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 I, don't, if I don't put on a good enough match or a good enough performance for every person out in the crowd to feel like my match alone was worth their price of admission, mm -hmm. I haven't done my job. Now, that doesn't mean I have to take a lot of risks, but that's a lot, a lot of times that's the easiest way to get them that feeling that they've seen something that they're not going to be able to go home and watch their kids do off of the back of their bunk beds. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, though, if, as being like such a huge fan of Cactus Jack or Uncle Mick, how we always call him, that if you don't put on a match that he would be proud of, it's going to – because that's your dude, you know? Like if, if you're if, – One of them, yeah. Yeah, sure. if, if, if I went and hung out with Stone Cold and I got pissed drunk off of one beer, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> like right? I, I would be so embarrassed. Uh, no, I'd have to – I'd want to show up for those guys yeah. like to, to make sure they know that I, I'm good enough to like them. And that's the 12-year-old in me, but fuck it. I, I love that sort of yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, people ask me, would you do for the lottery? And I would pay Stone Cold Steve Austin to come to my birthday party and stun my whole family. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, okay, that's, that's a, I'd pay my bills, and <laughs> that's, right. what, that's what you do with the money. But that, you don't understand that that man is a, a global icon and a national treasure to me. Oh, yeah. And uh, who else are your guides? You, you, you've mentioned, or, so we were on uh, Cactus Jack. I mean... You know, the first was Hulk Hogan, like in like Randy Savage, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. One of my biggest definitely is King Kong Bruiser Brody. Um, as I got more into watching wrestling more, because I was like, I only knew WWF right until for most of my childhood until like my early teen years, and then I started watching WCW. And, you know, uh, I, I got to see a little bit more of that. Although, like, I wasn't really a fan of that because I was brought up with WWF with that type of programming, you know. Um, but as I got more in, deeper into the rabbit hole of wrestling, I discovered, like, Bruiser Brody and, like, Stan Hansen. And, oh, man, I mean, there's just so many guys that were so amazing. Uh, Dirty Dick Slater and, of course, like, you know, the late, great King Harley Race. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that guy ever had a bad match. If they did, I bet the guy paid for it. Every single podcast has been about him lately. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, well, he, like, I, I've been, you know, I've been wondering for a while because his health has been failing him for a while. And I did, that's, pro that's the, definitely the, the biggest 
loss that wrestling has suffered for in my life since I've been involved with wrestling. I uh, I, I want to do some fact checking, but I want you see you know when you read something online and you want to believe it. But it was one of those things like the second Vince heard that he was sick and having trouble with like medical bills, like everything. Yeah, was I paid, heard that he like, was paid flew, immediately. like yeah, I heard that, and I don't doubt it. I like, hope, I want to believe that. I want to believe it too, and I hope I hope it is true. But I don't doubt it because, despite you know the bad shit you hear about Vince, I also hear that he's he does have a really big heart. Yeah, you know, and like him and Harley had a great relationship. They made a lot of money together. You know, um, without Harley's blessing, I doubt that WWF or WWE would have became what it is today. You know, if Harley would have said no. Really? We're not I, I think so because that there's a reason why they put that crown on him. There's they crowned him the king because he was the king of wrestling. He was the first ever king of the ring for WWF. I feel and I'm not saying this because of anything anybody's told me. This is just my fan theory. Yeah. Because he was the king of the indies of what was left of the territories. And I really feel without his blessing, without Harley, I mean, okay, without Harley and Andre, what would have he had? Shit. Uh, he would have had Hogan. He would have had Hogan. But who would have made him? Well, you have who to Who would have, have made a, Hogan? You have to have a good guy and a bad guy. Because I'll tell you what, if Andre and and Harley would have left, Sheiky wouldn't have been there either, I bet. There wouldn't have been enough competition there, to, for... You know, I mean, there, those those three guys were probably the three biggest names at the time. That's, you a, know? Good way, that's a good way to put it. That's but Harley was the man. Like Harley led the locker room. You know, I mean, everybody deferred to Harley. From what I, from what I've always heard. Uh, who do you think are like the locker room leaders here in Colorado? Yeah, I don't think there are any. None? Not really. Not really. Yeah. I mean, anyone like anyone looks to in particular, or is it just it's still nice and sp- evenly spread out? I think it's pretty evenly spread out. I don't. I mean, it depends on what locker room you're in. But the locker rooms. I mean, I. You know, like in New Era, maybe uh, Adrian Matthews is kind of a locker room leader, but you know, I'm I'm kind of veteran status, so I don't. I guess I don't really see. You don't that. pay attention to that sort and of I, stuff. Yeah, like I've never really felt. I mean, I, I might be a little bit different bird too uh, in the wrestling business. I, even though I, I've always gotten along with the boy, all the other boys really well, I kind of do my own thing too. You know, so I don't feel like I've ever had to be led in a locker room a whole lot or, or coached a whole lot in etiquette or, you know, whatnot. Um, is there anything in particular you want people to know about you? Whether your character or he was a human being, but especially your character. Uh, as far as my character goes, I mean, you just got to see it. You know, like, words can't describe it. You know, you hear me talking now, and you might, you probably have a particular idea about me. You might even look at a picture of me. You have a particular idea about me, and you think I'm a pretty nice guy, but what we don't understand is this is actually the fake part of me. Yeah. When you come and see the madman from the Badlands, Animal Sam, that's who I really am. This is who I pretend to be so I could fit in society and I don't have to be locked up somewhere. That, I mean, I'm not Superman's Clark Kent. Yeah, it's my calm. It's I am Animal Sam. Uh, When's your next match? My next match is going to be September 13th. Where? At the Plainfield Sports Bar in Colorado Springs. 
and I'm going to be wrestling this big overgrown chump named Captain Stevens. He thinks he has what it takes to take my CSW title away from me. Now, now that you're telling me that you're not who you really are, I think this is a really good time to announce that uh, I'm actually going to be doing a live, uh, the pre-show interviews, and I'm, I'm fucking done with Sammy, dude. Like, if that's not who you fucking are, I want to talk to the madman. You think I can <laughs> talk to him? <laughs> you, want, you want to talk? You want to talk to the madman from the Badlands? I want to talk to the madman for the at bad the playing field on the 13th. At the playing field on the 13th. <laughs> All right. If that's what you think you really want. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. <laughs> I might be regretting it a bit at the moment. However, we'll see you guys there. This is Dangerous. Minefields out.